0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life. I'm really excited you're here today because this is episode 100. Oh my God, I can't believe it. It's so incredible. I'm really psyched. Anyway, this is a compilation of a couple of older episodes talking all about millionaire mindset. First up, we've got Sheila Bella Sheila Bella is her tagline is pretty rich and she is pretty and she is rich and she has a lot to teach us about developing our millionaire mindset. From there we're going to go to Kate Beaters. Kate is actually a coach who helps people to achieve financial security and to help them develop their millionaire mindset. So I think you're going to get a lot from both of those folks and remember so that you don't miss a single episode to click the subscribe button So enjoy. Today, I'm so excited that we're talking with Sheila Bella. The more I learned about Sheila, the more impressed I was with her, with her life, and not just with her accomplishments, but also with her whole demeanor, with her openness and her desire to help people and just being a real cool, interesting person who I think you would like instantly if you don't already know who she is.
1: So... I was born in the Philippines. I came here as an immigrant when I was eight years old. My dad told me that uh, we were now moving to the States and we were gonna live there. And I thought that the United States was um, exactly what what (laughs) we were told it was, was the streets are paved with gold. I thought it was literally going to be gold. And we landed in San Francisco and they told me about the Golden Gate Bridge, that I'm going to see the golden And I thought it was going to be like gold, sparkling. I thought everything in the U.S. was going to be glittery. I actually thought everyone wore white. Listen, I was like seven, right? I thought everybody wore white. I thought that we were basically going to be walking in clouds. I don't know why I had this idea of what the States was, um, but that's that's what I thought. Um you fell off a big cliff.
2: <laughs> what yeah,
1: is this place? Because, because we landed in san francisco but to just be with my grandma for a little while um who already lived here but then about two weeks later i found myself in east l a east. LA. <laughs> No, it was not
0: like that. <laughs> a lot of gold, though, a lot of bling.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the way I thought. Um, no, we were in a really bad part of town. Um, when I remember there was just crime everywhere, like I've, I've it was a very unsafe neighborhood. Um, and I didn't even live in that kind of neighborhood in the Philippines. In the Philippines, we, we, were, we were very, uh, we lived in an affluent neighborhood. Um, and I remember there was like, you know, um, helicopters in the middle of the night and they were like looking for people who were hiding like on the side of our apartment complex. Oh there were people looking into our windows in the middle of the night. Um, there were There was domestic violence, you know, with our neighbors. It was very loud um, the, the kids in that apartment complex were very mean to me. They were bullies. Like, I think they were like raised to be tough or something like that. Anyway, that was my rude awakening. We lived <laughs> in a two bedroom apartment and there was 10 of us. So, um, well, my father ha- you know, had, is my inspiration. I su- I, th- I think, um, for, you know, the, the life of entrepreneurship that I decided to take on because he showed me that it was possible. Um, You know, my, I didn't go to, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to a former, I didn't get a formal education, but you know, my dad, he didn't either. (laughs) So I remember when he came to, when he came here and he brought, you know, all seven of his kids with him, he had to figure it out. He didn't really have a plan. (laughs) Right. So he, he, action breeds clarity is one of my favorite quotes. So he just kind of figured it out as he went. I mean, it was touch and go. I had, I don't know. I I feel like he was walking on a tightrope, but he wouldn't, he doesn't look down. And that's how he achieved the success he he's achieved. And I feel like my life is kind of the same way, (laughs) Um, you know, the risk you take as as an entrepreneur. Um, So what he did was he got refurb, he got um, defective tools from um, an automobile company, an automotive tool company, and he would refurbish them in the parking lot of the apartment complex. And he would take WD-40 and then just scrub the, the, you know, ratchets and the sockets and things like that to polish them up. And then we would sell them every weekend at the swap meet. And that's how we made money. Uh, And then five years later, he was able to um, set up a brick and mortar. And that same store, it's called JM Tools, we own to this day. So um, yeah, I, I think that's where I got my inspiration from. So, but now, <laughs> now with that said, um, I am a permanent makeup artist and uh, that's how I found success. So I built a seven figure permanent makeup business in three years. And then now I also have a seven figure online business, which is so strange for me to say, because I still don't see myself as very competent or very capable necessarily. (laughs) I still think I'm 17 and I, sometimes I wonder like, when are they going to find out that, you know, I'm, I'm really just a kid. Um, But yeah, I, I, it's, it's strange for me to say, you know, and getting here, getting here obviously wasn't easy. Um, I didn't know that eyebrows were going to be this important to me. <laughs> if you <were> told, <laughs> I didn't necessarily grow, you know, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Debbie Gibson and Madonna. I didn't want to, I didn't, nobody, you know, if you would have told me that I was going to tattoo faces for a living and it was going to be my dream job, I would be like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, um, I, the way I stumbled upon that career was also pretty interesting. Basically, um, I was in my twenties, and I had just separated from my first husband. It was a not a good relationship, um, but also probably because I wasn't ready mentally and emotionally to commit <laughs> to something. Um, but yeah, I just remember I wasn't, I didn't have fun in that relationship. It wasn't, it wasn't very healthy, and I decided to get a job at Dylan's Irish Pub and get my own apartment and start a new life so and i I wanted to reinvent myself i wanted to be young and single and you know have a skanky job and wear skanky (laughs) clothes and you know meet skanky guys so i could make chris mad that was the entire motivation for that transition of my life honestly was just to piss off my ex-husband and i was still in my 20s so um I didn't really have a a plan for the future. I just, and I remember feeling insecure about the fact that I was in my late 20s and I didn't have, I didn't finish school when, you know, a lot of my friends already had by that point and they were, you know, applying for like adult jobs and things like that. So I didn't really have a plan. And then so I said, well, I mean, uh, let's let's wait tables. And I was actually thinking that um, I would just meet a guy and whatever that guy did, uh, you know, I, I would hope that he could take care of me for the rest of my life. That's, <laughs> that was my plan. That was my master plan. And mm. I was like, I'm going to work uh, as a sexy waitress at a high traffic Um, restaurant and bar in Hollywood and you know there's maybe maybe that's going to be my pretty woman moment maybe (laughs) I'll just be Julia Roberts in real life and then that's going to be my life so um anyway that guy never really came (laughs) surprising (laughs) um and um I got I, I actually got fired from that job my um waitressing job and looking back oh my gosh they should have fired me sooner (laughs) I really didn't know what I was doing and if if I looking back now oh I I was well I was there for all the wrong reasons um I just didn't understand. I just, just so like young in my head. I just didn't understand, you know, what a job was, (laughs) how privileged I was to have a job or what the perp, I guess, what the purpose of it, oh, it's to serve people. And they probably caught on that I was there just to meet guys. (laughs) Probably caught on. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I was let go from that job and I was just mortified. (laughs) Because, <laughs> like, how could they? Why? I know why. I <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, <you> know why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a couple of things, you know, it's with age, like w- what you become more aware to. Um you're just more aware of your younger self, I suppose, and like why yeah. things happen. Yeah. Um, they were very nice to me, I have to say. <laughs> so Yeah, so I got let go from that job and I was upset about it because I thought that this was going to be, you know, my new lease on life and the new chapter in my life. And then um, I got angry. I got angry with um, the, I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that was the first time I think that I got angry enough to feel rage as opposed to just feeling sorry for myself. I actually felt rage for the first time. And I had, now I had a chip on my shoulder because I wanted to show them. I want to show them. I want to show Chris. I want to show everybody else who said I couldn't do it. I want to show everyone else who couldn't take me seriously. So um, I decided that I needed a real job, a real career path. So, um, but I didn't want it to be uh, I didn't didn't want to go the traditional route of like going back to school because I wanted it fast. I was very impatient. And then so there was a woman who did my permanent makeup. Her name is Antoinette Parfit. And I saw that she had a great life. I saw she had a nice SUV. She had her own little studio in Simi Valley. She had her three daughters there that she put through college, and I was like, "Wow, you're that's that's cool. You're capable. You're responsible. Maybe I can do that." And she was offering um, a class to you know f- for permanent brows, um, eyeliner, and lips, and it was five days. That's it. And I said, "Done." <laughs> so I took the class, and um, I ran with it. After I took the class. I acted like I knew everything (laughs) because I had to. I felt like I really had to because no one's gonna trust a permanent makeup artist that just got her certification. (laughs) I mean, you have a needle to your face right next to your eye. And I was very insecure about it. So I I made up for it with, (laughs) I made up for it with arrogance. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, fake it till you make it. Kind of, but you know what? Um, Now I understand what I was doing. I wasn't faking it. I was acting as if. So I just wanted to show up as the woman that I knew I was meant to become anyway. So I told myself, this is going to be my future anyway. This is going to happen anyway. Why not introduce myself as her now? And that's exactly what I did.
0: Was and great
1: the rest, I didn't, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but thank God. And you know what has truly changed me? Because there's a lot of people who meet me now. I'm 38 years old. There's a lot of people who... Um, met me when I was 28 years old. It wasn't when I was in my twenties and uh, you know, I maybe like I run into them in town or something like that, or we have a a mutual friend and they meet me and they're, they they think it's night and day like that. And I actually don't blame them (laughs) (laughs) Um, because every time I see old, you know, pictures or videos of myself, I can't even really identify with her. I, 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 call it her. I, I, uh, because I, don't know, I just, I, I just feel so bad for her, <laughs> <laughs> but you
0: know, her future is going to be okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, uh, for anybody out there who has somebody in their life who was maybe a lot like myself, who's like young, um, maybe she looks like she's promiscuous, even though she's not, I wasn't, even though I probably look like it and I, I wanted to look like it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I also remember acting dumb on purpose because it gave me attention. Mm -hmm. And also I wanted to be liked. I wanted to uh, be non-threatening. I wanted to seem easygoing. I wanted to, for people to um, get the impression that um, I don't cause trouble. So uh, yeah, for anyone in your life right right now who resembles that description, um, I had a lot of people in my life at that time, uh, judge me and leave me. It's just really interesting because all I wanted to do was be accepted and I wanted people's approval, but they left anyway. Well, they, it's,
0: that's one of those law of attraction things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, but, you know, what I really needed at that time was a friend, somebody who believed in me, somebody who would be patient with me, um, somebody who saw uh, that I was dumbing myself down. And um, you know who that was for me? It was is my husband now, because he met me at that time. And... I mean, he, even ask him now, like that sex kitten, uh, you know, act I was performing. He never bought into it. Like, and he still doesn't buy into it. He was like, "Put, put that away. What are you wearing?" I'm not. He doesn't buy into it. He just says, "Like, I just saw through you." Um, and I think that that relationship uh, definitely helped me become the woman I am today. He took me seriously, so I took myself seriously.
0: Today, we're very lucky to be joined by Kate Beers, and she is. I'm going to actually let you, Kate, explain why you are the perfect person to continue our Millionaire Mastermind series.
2: Hi well, first of all, thanks Christine. i'm I'm excited about this. Just a little bit a nutshell about me is that I came out of the corporate world. Um, most recently, before I started my own business, I was a business development executive, which, is a fancy way of saying sales and things like that you know and i sold millions and millions of dollars each year which christine you're in sales you know what to sell millions and millions and millions each year is you know takes a lot um and i I did that and i'm a bit of an introvert i had to learn how to have sales conversations and how to overcome objections get in the door um figure out magic price points get repeat business and many of my, my customers i kept for you know 15 16 years Um, And then when the economy tanked um, in 2008, 2009, at the tail end of it, my company first merged and it was acquired. I went and made a change. I'm what they call an accidental entrepreneur um because what you're supposed to do and and you know you're listening to us but i'm giving like quote marks so christine you can see i'm like what you're supposed to do is you know go and you put out a six-month plan and you figured it all out and that's how you become an entrepreneur you start getting clients so basically your new income is able to then um replace your current income from your job i didn't i kind of got thrown into it. it was totally unplanned And because I did get other offers, you know, do something similar. And and I was, when I was in corporate, Christine, I was making a pile of money. It was almost like I was printing it in the basement. There was so, the economy was so good. There was so much money flowing. Um, I just couldn't spend it fast enough. I mean, honest to goodness, I I was taking like six luxury vacations a year and not just for like a long weekend. I would go for like 10 days. Um, And it was, it was wonderful. But, but when I started my own business again, totally accidental, wasn't planned and in the beginning it was you know, the, the tail end of, of a recession. So it was a very, very difficult time because people were just not spending money. Um, I kind of use the judgment. My, 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 my very solid research was I'd ask at my hair salon, how busy are you? And that was my method of telling if the economy was back or not because they said they saw people stretching out appointments and people weren't buying products. But when people started buying products the economy started coming back. Cause you know how people will go and buy yeah, the buy sh- you know, the shampoo. Great barometer. <laughs> exactly. You know, so forget all these fancy dancy people with their Harvard PhDs and all that. I, I figured it out. But anyways, um, first year, very, very tough. I had to learn so much. And thank goodness I started, you know, um, hiring coaches. And um, my income grew exponentially. And, you know, here I am a decade later, um, one of my coaches actually ignited me to the into the 5% club. And only 5% of all entrepreneurs, Christine, make over a certain level of income, have a certain profitability, and have a certain longevity. So I'm really proud of the work I do. And, and I and now what I do is I teach both mindset and strategy. I combine the two together. My question that I kind of that is in my mind, because mm-hmm. I feel like no matter
0: what it is that you want to do successfully, someone has already written. Uh, there are a hundred books on it, right? sure. if not more, right? Yep. No matter yep. what it is that you want to be able to do, you want to learn how to invest in stocks, you want to become an entrepreneur in a certain area, it's, it's out there. Mm-hmm. There's It's no it's not a surprise people aren't trying to keep it a secret. Yep. So why aren't we all already living our dream, being c- completely successful and uh, just knocking it out of the park financially?
2: Um, so a couple of reasons, and first of all, if we had hours, which we don't, but if we had hours, we could cover the whole gamut. Um, it's a couple of things, and I'm going to give you the, big, the bigger points. Um, first is, you know, first of all, knowing how to do it. Now, granted, a lot of this stuff, as you alluded to, is on the Internet. How do you do this? How do you do that? Like, you know, in your industry, how do you sell a house or something? Or how, you know, a lot of it's out there, but where people fall short is their beliefs, and this is the belief in themselves, um, what they actually can accomplish. In fact, my blog that's going to be published tomorrow is basically talking about how you can't outperform your self-image. So perfect timing to ask me this question because you can't. And this, you, you, whatever you believe you're capable of, that's you're going to be your limit. And most people are holding on to these stories of what is possible, what is not possible, and that's what holds them back, as well as their belief of what. Um, How they see themselves compared to the out in the outside world. So how they compare themselves to to others. I know. I mean, like I said, I've certainly have enough clients in your industry. I mean, you you guys and I don't know you. I mean, you and I have never talked before, but I'm sure you can at least say for your counterparts, people are always comparing themselves in your industry, right? You know, who's doing what and look, they got that. You know, they got that listing and I didn't get it or they took it away from me or. You know, whatever, whatever, right? So everybody's always comparing themselves. very competitive, themselves. absolutely. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So really, what it comes down to, in a nutshell, is is what you, how you see yourself, and what you believe you're capable of of receiving back. And I don't know if you talk at all about laws of attraction. Do you bring that into? Okay. So for your listeners, it, laws of attraction, real basic, super basic, is what you believe is what you receive back. So all of us hold limits, and the the thing is. Christine, is that most of us don't even realize the majority of the time when we hold limits, as well as you know. And this is you know, I, I also teach neuroscience, and you know, uh, you know, s- somewhere about seventy percent, depending on which researcher you speak to, of our thoughts we had yesterday are the same thoughts we'll have today, and be the same thoughts we have tomorrow as well as the action we took yesterday, 70%. Most of the stuff's the same today and same tomorrow. So people, back to your question, how come I can't do better? Because you did the same damn stuff yesterday that you're doing today, you're doing tomorrow. And why won't you try something different? Either you're lazy, you don't know how, you don't you believe you'll succeed. Um, you don't think about it and that's a big, the big thing. You're just not thinking, you're just going from point A to point B without even questioning, why am I doing this? And for anybody who's ever had a habit, like. When I was in college, I used to smoke. I mean, you don't even at certain point you don't even think about lighting up that cigarette. You just have that cigarette. And so it's the exact same thing when you go home or you're at work or going on Facebook or going on Twitter or calling a friend or shopping online. You don't even think your brain just automatically goes to that other place when it said you could be picking up the phone and calling somebody. It's so true. The
0: amount of time that we waste, right? Mm-hmm. If we had a goal, and that's where my whole uh, focus is on making sure that my goals are big enough mm-hmm. so that they are going to draw me into a new place. And it, of course it's an uncomfortable place oftentimes. Yes. And as, and as you say, we're, we're listening to those stories that we tell ourselves every day where that we can't, that's, that's impossible. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share with you. I actually am Here we are in the beginning of November and I'm $150,000 short of my financial goal for the year. Mm -hmm. And so I continue each day to say my affirmation that I'm going to make this amount of money. And in the back of my mind, at the same time that I'm talking, my mind is going, are you crazy? There are two months left. How in the world? So I said, all right, listen, (laughs) how could that happen? Right? I had to try to convince my brain because otherwise you're right. You're just
2: like arguing against yourself. And, and exactly, and so 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 two things you just brought up, and one is affirmations, which are obviously very important to laws of attraction. But a lot of times people write affirmations in such a wrong way that it becomes almost like like a Mount Everest that's almost impossible to climb. And if you don't believe your your affirmation, you, you shouldn't even be saying it. I'm just telling you honestly for anybody listening, like you know the affirmation, like I easily make a million dollars every year. Well, if you believe like no way possible. And I'm not a big swearer, but I'm just saying, you know, just to prove a point, if you don't believe it's even possible, do not waste your time saying it because you're just creating more negative energy inside your mind. It's, it's not supporting you. Does, does that make sense, Christine? So Absolutely. if you're able to sh- shift Absolutely. an affirmation to one that's a bit more believable and what people forget is that, so let's say you want to make a million dollars because that's what your premise of your whole show is. Let's be a millionaire, right? You know, that you don't have to hit a million dollars the next day you know I, I know when i first started my business i was just like chief i can just make a couple hundred bucks more and then if i can make a thousand bucks and okay now i made a thousand bucks now can i make 2000 and what people forget is that you can keep doing it that way too and growing it that way so you have less obstacles in the way and there's less places for your mind to kind of jump to saying like who are you kidding we're in our you know there's a, there's an election this week that goodness knows when we'll know the winner um, you know, maybe by the time this plays, we will know the winner, whether we wanna know or not, you know, um, that, that we're, you know, the economy is, is in a bad shape, the pandemic is crazy. You know, your mind can go to all these real places, which technically are true and stop yourself. So that, that's one thing I just wanna point out to everybody listening is really think, and that's something I teach my clients is really be careful about what you are saying to yourself. And just because yes, affirmations are a big deal doesn't necessarily mean you should be saying them or if you are saying them, make sure that these are the affirmations that support you and don't hurt you. Now, the other thing I wanna bring up, and this is partly from my mindset teaching and also partly from being business development where also we had goals, right? You know, and, and they say have, obviously this is, there was no pandemic, they'd have big ceremonies, you get prizes and you know, the whole deal for hitting selling a gazillion dollars worth of stuff. And um, you know, because we used to chase after, we used to call it chasing when I did business development, chase after these big multi-gazillion dollar from like Fortune 100 companies and all this stuff. And one thing that um, um, was I just gonna say, um, you have to know why you're doing this, right? And it has to be more than just so I hit my goal. And you wanna be really, really clear on your why. And sometimes the why quite simply is I just want to be able to pay my mortgage this year. You know, it's nice. It's just, it doesn't always have to be the be all and end all like I'm going to create a nonprofit that so every child in the world gets educated. Doesn't always have to be that big a thing. You know, but but you want to be really clear on your why, so then when you do start hitting the stumbling blocks, like, wait a minute, I'm six weeks out, it's, it's going to be impossible, I won't be able to hit my goal. When you start getting really in touch, Christine, like, you know, my, my child's going to be starting college soon and I'm going to, you know, I want to pay for that so he doesn't or she doesn't need to get a scholarship. Or, you know, I, I really want to be able to go on a, a nice vacation once the pandemic's lifted. Or you know my bathroom is falling apart and I need to get it you know whatever or, or whatever your your motivation is but when you really get in touch with that that helps you in the days that or in the moments of the time that are are difficult for you to move forward.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point. Knowing your why. Yeah. Because you're right. If it's just a random number, right? I'm just going to add a zero to my last year's income and, and then hey, you know. But it has to it has to resonate with you emotionally.
2: It, it really, really does, and, and one of the thing I, I wanted to just make sure I, I bring up, because I kind of laugh when people talk about like being a millionaire, because coming from my world, and, and, and I'm saying this with all due respect, but just my perspective, that I've gotten to know a lot of the quote seven plus figure um, coaches and entrepreneurs in, in my world, and it's amazing how, yes, they might be bringing in the income, but yet they don't have any cash. Um, And I want to just bring that point up because it's something I remember hearing years ago from from my accountant that, you know, I was like working in corporate, you know, I don't know, I was in my early 30s and I was talking about making more money. He's like, hey, he goes, you know, you might see all these big fancy houses, he said, but you don't know what's going on inside of them. And, you know, here it is, you know, kind of circles back around, you know, years later that a lot of these people who look so impressive, right, because they got the fancy shots and they're doing the fancy dancy stuff can't always pay their bills. They can't always, they would always make payroll. They can't pay their affiliates and so on and so on. And I'm not saying everybody. So please understand I'm not saying everybody. All I just want to say to everybody is really, I teach my clients is swim in your own lane. Swim so in your own lane, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Cause you have no idea what is going on behind the scenes. And yes, millionaire is a catch all word, but you know what? I'd rather be profitable any day of the week.
0: That's absolutely true. I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day. It's like if you make, you know, nine million dollars a year but you spend ten million. (laughs) That's right. You're not just broke, you're a lot more broke than I am. So you're it's absolutely what you keep, it's your lifestyle. And that's why it's the term really for the, the, the name for the podcast is financial independence because it's Matching, it's aligning your lifestyle with your mm-hmm. income so that you yep. don't have to worry where your next meal is coming from, so that you can have some sort of passive income stream that's going to support whatever lifestyle you're comfortable with. Exactly. If, if you want to kick it up a notch. Thank you so much, Sheila and Kate. And thank you so much, listener, for listening. I hope that you got a lot out of this. I hope that it's going to help you to get your mind in the right place. Next week, we're going to have another couple of folks talking about millionaire mindset, and that is also going to be some compilations from previous episodes. So in the meantime, remember to subscribe. Remember to forward this episode to someone who you know in another country because you know we're trying to reach 50 countries by the end of the year clock's ticking and I need your help to do this. And looking forward to chatting with you again next week. In the meantime, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep your mindset on millions.